Hey, Reg, how you doing, my friend? Looking good here. How's uh, the first week of 2024 treating you? Yeah, so far so good, huh? Nice. <laughs> thank you. One of the few who remembered. Yes, thank you. Today's my birthday. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to be the, uh, the theme of our podcast here today. So, actually, fall, I don't know if uh, the day that we posted this ever fell on my birthday. So, I thought it would be fitting to do some kind of a commemoration. So, we're going to do that. But thank you very much. I don't see the gift. I assume it's on the way. I'll look for it in the mail. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to go? I am. Let's do this. 398, 2024 will be the 400th. I was looking. I think uh, it was two years ago when we did um, number uh, 300. And here we are. Creeping up on number four. So that'll be in two weeks. Right? Yeah. So that'll be what? January, what? Seven, eight. 15 january 22nd cool and i think we started on may 24th in 2016 so eight years this year all right but thank you i appreciate the the birthday sentiments you ready to go good 398 let's just do this thing already you know you know the drill let's get going star smile strong three two one hey it's elton jim toronto Whoa, slow. <laughs> I thought we knew the drill, my friend. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. <sighs> Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Pod-tastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Pod-tastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted right there at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, listening is just part of the podcast experience over here in this neck of the podcast woods. The other important duty you have is not just to listen, but to spread the word. Proselytize. Tell the world that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be the rest of the world's too. Say it loud and say it proud. If you like what you hear, don't forget, you always can go to WGNRadio.com, go to the podcast section, hit the prompt for this specific podcast. And I will feed the masses with entertainment, information, opinion, and fun, because the podcast will flow from that rock. Just keep hitting, load more, load more, load more, and I shall feed the masses. This is the 398th time I've been doing this podcast. Number 398. I was just saying to Reggie 
the producer here, um, before we officially got started, you don't get to hear any of that behind the state uh, scene stuff. I'm sorry about that, but you know, I just have to, I have to make it sound very professional. So whatever, you know, Reg and I have little conversations sometimes before, but I'm sorry, I can't let you hear any of that. It's very privileged. So I just let you hear the beginning after I actually do a little, I don't know if you know, but I, you know, we have a little lingo between us. I say three, two, one, then I pause a little and that gives him a chance because he later on edits these. So three, two, one, and then boom, um, when, when he, when, when we're done recording, then he can line it up. So it starts so crisp and sharp, right? When, when you hear it, when I just say, you know, you know, when the music starts, you know, and it's, uh, you know, hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. You know, blah, 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 blah. but there is stuff that goes on beforehand, and, and I have to say that um, I was just saying to uh, to Reggie before we hit the official record button that um, yeah, this is the three ninety eight, so we've got four hundred, I believe. Let me look in my computer. I'm pretty sure uh, podcast listener Craig, I think, told me the official. He went back. He had better information than I did. Uh, which is so many times is the case. Um, I believe the first time that the podcast, because I, I was mixed up because I recorded it at a certain time, but then I'm not, I wasn't sure exactly when it posted. And so apparently it posted on May 24th, I believe, uh, 2016. So here we are in almost eight years in May. It'll be officially that. But we are inching and inching and itching on the 400th episode. I don't know what that means. I guess it's impressive. Uh, you know, <laughs> according to my uh, notes, uh, no, no, it was, yeah, it was two years ago. Uh, February 21. 2022 was episode number 300 so uh almost uh two years later we did another 100 episodes which makes sense when you think about it because uh you know 52 weeks in a year so there you go but yeah, so uh, episode 300 was posted on Monday, May 21st, 2022. And I would assume that January, what? Uh, so today's the 8th, 1522nd will be episode number 400. Cool. If you've been around for all 398 episodes, thank you very much. And here's to the next 400, right? <laughs> but I... um. Today's a, a special podcast to some extent because in, in all those 398 that I've done up to this point, I don't believe that it's ever posted. I mean, that's been eight years now, you know, eight years uh, almost, but um, it's the, the day it's been posted. I don't believe it's ever been on my birthday. I don't know that it would seem like it had to have been though, maybe right because the calendar moves a, a day every year, so I've been doing it for eight years. Um, but you know, oh, but you know what? That makes sense because it didn't start at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so this may be the first time because it didn't it didn't really post until May, and my birthday is 
get ready for it, today, January 8th is my birthday, so I thought it would be kind of fun, but it's the first time I believe that the podcast is ever posted on my birthday, and so I thought it would be fun to uh, to just do some birthday reminiscences. I talk about my birthday frequently uh, throughout the podcast. I have certainly. I've talked about different events and, 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 and my thoughts on birthdays, so I may regurgitate a little of that, but also maybe give you a few little new nuggets about my birthday, because I never really fully focused the entire podcast on my birthday. I've talked about it on and off, but I don't think I've ever dedicated a full podcast to it. But I think this is kind of special in that uh, it the podcast falls on my birthday. So today, you, in fact, Reggie was the first one this morning uh, to wish me a happy birthday. So thank you, Reggie. I'm still waiting for the present. I assume it's in the mail or it's in another room. You're waiting until after we're done. Is that what it is? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably going to get me a certificate to Subway or Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Mr. Submarine Sandwich Eater over here. But, um, yeah, so I thought it would be fun to uh, to talk about uh, some of the birthdays that I can remember. It's getting harder and harder to remember all those earlier ones. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the years keep going by, that's for sure. But, uh, and birthdays are an interesting uh, you know, occurrence, we don't remember our birthday. How great is that? The biggest, for some people, you know, it's the biggest day, right? Oh, they love their birthdays. And yet we have no memory of our birth. You could look at it as, I mean, whatever you accomplish, whatever you would experience in your life, you may say, God, this was the best day of my life. And that may be true from what you remember. But I would have to argue that really the best day of your life was the first day of your life because you were born. <laughs> I don't think you have to be a philosopher to uh, to think about that. But once again, the irony is that we have no memory of that. That's a day that we really have to depend on others to uh clue us in we have to go by eyewitness reports and eyewitness memories and as great as that is right i mean eyewitness testimony in a court case is is always very strong oh we have an eyewitness but then as we've seen especially on as court cases have been uh <laughs> televised that uh a lot of times the eyewitness, who a lot of many times is considered impeachable evidence. Oh, we've got an eyewitness. And then a lawyer gets up there and starts to ask questions of the eyewitness who initially was given great, great uh, credence of their testimony. And, it, and they, they crumble under pressure. And they didn't really remember it maybe the way it was. If you ever want to see that in... Um, in action, well, really not in action, but in discussion. One of my favorite movies of all times is called 12 Angry Men. I've done the play, too. Very excited. I'm really proud of the the play that uh, the part that I played there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great play, and it initially was then turned into a movie a couple of times. And it talks about the jury experience. I don't know if you've ever been on a jury. It's a very unique experience bringing together 12 people 
uh, who don't know each other and uh, are forced together, you know, to put in a room uh, to agree on something. Now, wow, uh, it's been it's been decades. I've been on a couple of juries, and it's been decades since. I w- I don't know how in today's world with people so divisive. And very few people, especially strangers, getting 12 people in today's age, in today's world, with social media and the political division that we're in. Wow, to get 12 people to agree on anything. I don't know how every jury isn't hung. But uh, this, this took, play, you know, it's, it took place in the, uh, in the 50s. And um, the, the original play in the film, uh, great with uh, Henry, really some... Some actors who were already of note and others who went on to the big things. They were younger people at the time. Uh, Henry Fonda is the star, sort of plays the the crusading juror. Lee J. Cobb, very well-known actor, Broadway and films, might be best known uh, not only for 12 Angry Men. He plays kind of the the loudmouth, bigoted guy. That's who I played in the play. <laughs> um but he was the detective in uh, The Exorcist. If you ever saw The Exorcist, that's Lee J. Cobb. Very uh, accomplished actor. Uh, really a, 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 a powerhouse kind of an actor. Um, and he's been in other films too, but I'm just saying this one. He plays a great role in this. Um, Jack Warden was a, a very famous uh, character actor. E.G. Marshall, another very well-known character actor in the 50s and 60s and 70s. A very young Jack Klugman, if you remember that name. I don't know if people sadly don't even remember him probably now. I'm a huge Jack Klugman fan, but he's in that. He went on to great success, not only uh, in many uh, TV series, including the Odd Couple version of the Odd Couple in the 70s, and then later in the late 70s and early 80s, he was Quincy, which those reruns of that are on every day on different stations too. But he was very young at the time. And uh, he's in that. Uh, who else? I'm just trying to. Oh, uh, Martin Balsam, another well-known actor, or an Academy Award winner. You may remember him. He was he was a lot of he was in a lot of TV shows and in movies and smaller roles. He was in All the President's Men. He played one of the editors. Um, he was on Archie Bunker's Place, the uh, the sequel to All in the Family that ran for a few years after All in the Family went off the air. Uh, he's in that. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I'm just running down the few other uh, actors that you would you may recognize by face, if not by name. But uh, it really does capsulize the jury experience. But as I said before, eyewitness uh, accounts uh, are good until they're not good. But it's ironic that on our birthday, we have to depend on eyewitness accounts. If your parents are alive, and my parents are not, and I had them both for more than 40 years, and I, 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 I really don't, I, I, I don't know if I ever sat down and asked, so what happened on the day I was born? How was the, I don't know if I went into the details. I guarantee you, your parents will remember that. It was, an, it was a huge, huge day in their lives. Having a child, whether you were an only child or one of ten, I guarantee you they will remember. So you've got the resource there. Take advantage of it. Learn from, I think, my mistake. I, I, if, they, if they did ever tell me, 
I don't have it uh, at an immediate memory. I did interview my mom several years before she passed away on a video, which I have. Um, and so I, sh- I should go back to see if I asked her about that. I hope I did. But I don't have immediate memories of that. Uh, I remember I've spoken to my uh, cousin who's around my age, and she was, but she was a few years older, and, and I was born the day after her birthday. She was born on January 7th, so she remembers the day that my mom went into labor because apparently either my mom went to a birthday party for my cousin and then went into labor and went after they after either from the party or after it, or maybe my mom didn't even come to the party. Maybe my parents didn't even come to her party because my mom wasn't feeling well and this was we were getting close. So she may be right now, given my the, the my family members that are alive, she may be the best resource. So I should at least talk to her again to find out whatever she can remember. But now that's been many years, so who knows how uh you know how sharp now her memory is at this point. Now as I said many times on this podcast, my mom was a pack rat, and I was uh, an only child. So, you know, my my mom and dad were certainly focused on me. If you have 10 kids, it's kind of harder, right? Um, my mom was very detailed about, uh, I, I've got these books, you know, your first baby, and my mom, the first several years, uh, she was diligent. It was almost like a like a like a journal. So I should go into that. I've got I've got a I've got several bins of of, of uh, information for, that you know I saved mementos from my parents, as well as the stuff that then was specific to my early years in bins. So I should go into that box and take a look at this little journal, like baby's first year type of thing or baby's life. I think it may have been because she, she kept up with that. Well, into my, when I was 10 or 11 or 12, something like that, the, the, the details weren't as, as, um, filled in, uh, as they were initially when she first had me because every mom everything the baby does for the first time is a is a is like climbing mount everest right and so my mom was certainly um was a an i could just tell she was a certainly an involved and excited mom which is really is uh kind of heartwarming when i read through some of this stuff because i could see just the attention and the care and the love that she put into this book uh and 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 actually i should pull that out because this is exactly why she did that i'm sure she did it for herself at the time she was excited new mom and and, and, you know this new baby is in her life and um you know she wanted to get pregnant for for a long time and she didn't right away so i know that this was a big deal uh, and i was her only child and um and you could you could read the excitement and the love and the in in this in this book because she's so detailed about what happened and when it happened and how it happened. So I'm wondering. I have to go. It's been a while, but I'm going to go today and look in that book to see if she did talk about the day I was born and the details of it. Hopefully, she did that. But if you've got your parents around, regardless of your age, um, talk to them about your birthday. Talk to them. They will remember. 
uh, I always say that birthdays, in my view, are more about the parents than about the child. Now, as I said, many people, they love to celebrate their birthday, and especially in today's world now. You know, we're in a very narcissistic society, so uh, it's all about the person. And so birthdays now have taken on an even bigger, uh, you know, meaning. And it's in today's world, before there, there, as I've said many times here, you know, there used to be a time when there modesty was um, a virtue. Modesty was the, the, um, the norm of the day. Uh, in today's world, modesty doesn't even exist. There is no modesty. Go online. Go on social media, and you talk to me if there's any modesty. Uh, there's women walking around in their underwear everywhere, guys. I mean, there's no everybody's sharing every detail. There's no modesty about anything. It's not cool to be modest. It's cool to be narcissistic and show off. That 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 wasn't the case for for centuries. But in today's world with social media, uh, you are not supposed to be modest at all. You are supposed to show off, show off, look at me, look at me. So birthdays, obviously, the celebration of me, the celebration of the person, you can't get much, you know, much more than that, right? So birthdays have become major, major productions, uh, for people, they do destination this and parties and oh, you know, and it's all on Facebook, it's all on Instagram, it's all on Twitter, it's all or X, I should say, it's all everywhere now. Uh, but things weren't like that before. But uh, you've got the source there, so I, I would say take advantage of that. Uh, but as I said, I think parents, it's it's that bigger day; they will remember that. And I always, I always celebrate my parents i mean as i said they both passed away but on my birthday since they've passed away um and they passed away within a year of each other, well a little over a year um but on my birthday i visit their graves because i believe it's a tribute to them i should be remembering them on my birthday I think that's the way it is. We know we've we've got it always turned around. Um, I always view it, and maybe it's just my own perspective. I've always been a very driven, ambitious person, and I, and my view is I didn't do I didn't do anything to be celebrated. I was born. My mom pushed. <laughs> think about it. You know the uh, our birth from our standpoint is very passive. We we didn't do anything. The our moms, you know, I mean, you know, whether they had a cesarean or natural childbirth, but our mothers' bodies did all the work, right? I mean, you know, our moms pushed, I would assume. But sometimes in a labor and a delivery, the baby, whoa, it's whoa, it just came out. Whoa, bing. And obviously in a cesarean, you know, it's 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 removed. So our our births in terms of our effort, we didn't do anything. We 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 were guided out. 
So in, when you look at, you know, usually we have, uh, you know, we celebrate, we have some kind of commemoration for some kind of a, of a accomplishment or a deed, you know, we got married. Okay, there's an event. We we made a decision to get married, right? Oh, we got a promotion or or something like that. But we celebrate our birthday, but I didn't do anything. So I don't know if I should be the one celebrated. I think my parents should be celebrated. They're the ones who just, who made the huge decision, hopefully, to <laughs> to have a child. It was the biggest that day we have we the 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 birth the birth recipient if you will we have zero memory of that day but I guarantee you that was a momentous day for our parents it changed their lives I'm not a parent so I don't know but every parent I talk to always says how their lives immediately changed the day the baby was born so how could a parent not know every detail of that day, what they were doing, what they were feeling, how long, every, everything? So I would say if, you, if you've got a parent around, don't miss the opportunity because once they're gone, they're gone and they can't share that information with you. And it's, and, and, and it's more than just that information because you'll be able to get the feelings that they were getting. You won't just say, oh, yes, you know, is that the, I mean, I guess you could go and, and find the information somewhere, be very detailed and sterile. Oh, the child, you know, the mother was admitted at this time. Uh, labor took place at this time. They was delivered by Dr. Blah, blah, blah at this time. I mean, I guess maybe there's some records like that, detailed records of our booth, birth somewhere in a, in a hospital that we were born. I don't know. But that's, you know, that's fine. That's good uh, peripheral information, but wouldn't you love to know? Okay, mom and dad, what were you doing? Where were you? And oh my God, you know, uh, did your water break, or or did you just start to have intense pains? And how did you get to the hospital? Did you drive yourself? Did you call an ambulance? Was there were there any um, you know uh, odd circumstances around it? Were you at home? Were you asleep? Was it during the day? Were you out? At a restaurant, we had a party. Were you with people? You know, what were the circumstances? You know, how, on your way to the hospital, what were you thinking? Whether you were in an ambulance or whether you're in somebody's car. Oh, you know, Uncle Tom drove you or Aunt Sue. Oh, wow! And what happened? And and oh my gosh! And when when they brought you into the, uh, you know, hospital, what were you thinking, Mom, Dad? What were you thinking? You're watching this go on. You know, what's your view? You know, you're not in pain, but you're watching this happen. This this is going to happen to you too so if your parents are around i beg you sit down with them record it on your phone or whatever it is but get that information have that information because i as the years go on i think you're going to want it and once they're gone you can't get that kind of information oh you can get as i said before some eyewitness accounts from family members oh i remember this after but but you won't get the ground zero information that your parents have, and I guarantee you, they have it and they remember it and they cherish it because it was a it was among the most special days of their lives. Whether they had ten kids or just one, the birth of any child in somebody's life, I would have to think, is a major, major moment, and you remember that. 
And we, as I said, have no memory of it. I would argue our most important day of our life, regardless of what you do, where you go, who you meet, what happens, our birthday has to be the most important day. It started it all, right? It's the first stone that that created the ripple in the lake, right? And yet we have no memory of it. And as I said, in terms of birthdays, I look at it like, well, I, I've never been a big birthday person because I felt like I didn't do anything. I don't mind celebrating and commemorating events that I feel I had some part in. But as far as the birth of the child, the child is pretty passive. A lot of other people have a lot more to do about your birth than you do. (laughs) So I always think that it's a day to celebrate your parents. And so that's one thing that I do. Uh, and And to be honest with you, I think that I've probably appreciated that, sadly, and recognized that more after they were gone. Which, once again, uh, uh, I, I, I feel a, a sadness. I wish I would have had that kind of of uh, recognition of the importance of my birthday on their lives. We're so focused on our day. Oh, it's your birthday. We, we, I think we put the focus on the wrong person. At the very least, it's communal. All the parents and the child should be celebrated on that day, not just the kids. Now, I think, I, as I'm talking about it now, I do believe that I may have said that to my parents, you know, that I believe it's your day too. And I don't know how they were taken by that or not. But in, I, I saw it now in retrospect, I do believe that before they passed away, I did have that kind of recognition because I've never been that big on birthdays. Because as I said before, I don't feel like I, I did anything to deserve all this attention. I didn't do anything. I was just born. And that day is completely indiscriminate. It could have been the day before. It could be the day after. It could have been a week later. It could have been a month before. I had nothing to do with the date and nothing to do with the event, and yet I'm getting celebrated. Why? (laughs) Oh, I guess it's we're happy to have you here, perhaps, from friends and family. That's nice. But... The most important day in our lives, I would think, is the most is even more important for our parents. Changed their lives a lot more than it changed ours. We didn't even really have memories until we're three or four years old, right? So get that information from your parents. And if they're still around on your birthday, you know that spotlight that's shining on you? Turn it toward them. They deserve as much recognition, if not more, than you do on your birthday. They're the ones that created your birthday. <laughs> right? 
We don't celebrate the light bulb. We celebrate the guy that invented it, Edison. We don't have parties for the light bulb, but we celebrated Thomas Edison who invented it. So, using that analogy, why are we celebrating us? We're the light bulb. We should be celebrating the inventors of us, our parents on our on the birthday. They should be getting the credit. Yeah, we could get a little attention too, but I really believe it's your parents' day. So if you still have your parents, well, they're singing happy birthday to you. Sing happy birthday to them because they're the guys. They're the two that started that whole thing. Now, I said in my personal uh, situation, my birthday has always been a little clouded um, because it is January 8th. Exactly two weeks after Christmas. Two weeks after Christmas. The biggest day of gift giving. And my birthday is a mere two weeks after it. And as I've said on this podcast many times, uh, my uh, when I was a little kid, I used to get birthday, you know, have birthday parties and get birthday presents from people. Don't really get birthday presents anymore, for the most part. Because I, I don't. I mean, I just as I said. Um, but even as a little kid, you know. But it's a big day, even though I think that's misguided now. But, you know, my parents, I had birthday parties every year, you know, for friends for a while and certainly with family parties. And, you know, we get to a point, though, when you stop getting gifts and you start even have stop getting birthday parties, maybe 16 or 17 or 18. It's like, okay, enough already. And then you wind up doing it with your friends, right? When you're in your 20s, it's more cool to be with your friends than with your family. And then you come back around when you get a little older. You put your family back. gets a higher priority. But, um, but as I said, with two weeks right after Christmas, between the holiday season, you know, starting with, with um, Thanksgiving, and then, you know, a month later we've got Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and then New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You know, I'm a week after New Year's Day as well, okay? So now even if you got through the... The Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays, another week comes and you get New Year's and New Year's Day and everybody's partying and, and hungover, blah, blah, blah. And now, oh, and now another week and now it's, now it's Jimmy's birthday. Oh, my God. We've seen these people, these same family and friends for, you know, the last month and a half. We just saw them last week, probably on one of those two days. And now we got to see him again for his birthday. Oi, give us a break. And so a lot of times, my, my family birthday at least, I would have a birthday party for my friends. And if it was always cool, we would probably come back from Christmas vacation, you know, 1st or 2nd of January, depending on what day New Year's Day was. And then right off the bat, you know, if you're, I don't know if they still do that today with the way kids have all these allergies for everything. But we didn't have allergies for food for the most part. And so we brought in... You know, sweets, whether it was cupcakes or donuts or whatever for your birthday, you always brought them in. And so that was kind of a nice treat because right when we got back from vacation, 
and nobody, especially in grammar school, uh, nobody was happy to be back in school after getting a week and a half or two weeks off, right? How cool was that? You know, like 10 days, usually it's, you know, it's at least, you know, almost two weeks. So by the time school came back, uh, you know, you're used to, you know, sleeping in late and just having fun and getting presents. So this was kind of a nice thing because then within the week, the first week back, even if you were depressed for um, coming back to school after like 10, 10 days or two weeks off, well, now it was my birthday and, and we brought in treats, you know, so all of a sudden the teacher would be, you know, notified, oh, you know, tomorrow's my birthday. And so they would, you know, break, a, you know, have a little break within the the school day and, oh, we're going to sing happy birthday to whoever. And they brought, so, you know, your mom would come and, and they would have the cupcake, whatever it is, or a cake or whatever. And so that kind of broke the monotony of the day and also was a nice little... um uh, you know, not icebreaker, that's not the word, but it was a nice little event to break up the return to school. So that wasn't bad. But for the most part, um, and as I said, I would have my, my friend's birthday, and I didn't have a I, mean, I had a few parties like that for friends, and then you kind of get a little too old for that. But uh, but with my parent, with my with my family. Because we saw these people for Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and it, if and, and if not one, if not both, at least one of them, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, sometimes both. When I was really young, we would see them both days. So my mom would say, "Okay, we're, you know, everybody's getting tired of getting together for all this, uh, you know, these parties every weekend for the last two or three weeks." So my birthday party would inevitably be at the end of January. So that took a little of the luster out because now my birthday, I was almost a month later. And then in January, here in Chicago especially, it was always, that's when the, especially when I was younger, it was much colder in the winters. I mean, this year we're having, at least up to this point, a pretty mild winter snow-wise and even temperature-wise. But it used to be like 15 or zero with wind chills and snow and so... So then my birthdays were always, you know, it was the end of the year. I remember one year it snowed on the day, so then we didn't have it until another weekend after. Now it was like February, but even when it was like you could see that people, it was like, you know, it was an effort for people to come out because it was so cold or snowy. And so it, it just, you know, it just felt a little anticlimactic. Uh, because I was celebrating it a month later. I've already now. I I was already ten for a month, right? Or whatever birthday it was. It, you know, to me, if you're gonna celebrate your birthday, it's that day. I don't think you get residual, you know, excitement. I mean, for me, it takes enough to get you know, excited for my birthday, anyway. As I said, because you know, it's two weeks after Christmas and kind of gets lost in all the hoopla of the holidays and. But then, if your party is like a, you know, like three weeks later, I mean, I'm already, I'm already, it's it's gone. It's that day. It's you, if you don't do it that day, to me, it, it's over. You know, you're like, okay, this is nice, but you know. So, um, and then, of course, especially for as a young kid, um, the present situation. You know, I don't know how things are today. Kids are so overindulged today that maybe this doesn't e- isn't even the case anymore. 
because as I said before, now everybody's birthday is, you know, is, is elevated to different heights. Okay. It's a whole different ball game. Uh, we celebrated kids when I was a little kid, but not like they do today. Everything a kid does today is monumental, right? It wasn't like that. I mean, you were still, you know, you, you had, you know, there was some specialness about you, but you weren't put on a pedestal like today's kids are. And so, uh, you know, to me, once again, I didn't do anything for the birthday. Now it's two weeks later, but, you know, presents was your, when you're a little kid, that's always cool, right? That's always a big part of it. Well, back when I was growing up, because my birthday was literally two weeks after Christmas, and I've talked about this too, you know, many times I would get, if you're born around that time, I think if you're born in either early January or maybe even mid-December, I don't know how that would work, but I don't think so. I think it's if you're born after Christmas, and maybe there's even a length where it starts to feel a little far away from the holidays, but for me, two weeks after I, and by, from some people, I was given the dreaded combination Christmas and birthday present, which to me already diminished my birthday. Oh, here's a combination birthday, Christmas and birthday present. So you're really combining my birthday with Christmas, even though it's not on Christmas Day. If it's on Christmas Day, that's one thing. But it's two weeks later, but it's close enough that people would get away with getting me one present. Oh, this is a combination. Now, even at a young age, I was doing the math and saying, oh, that, oh well, that, that's nice. Um, but, you know, this alarm clock doesn't merit two presents. If I was born in July, you would have bought me a nice present a standalone nice present, and then you would have bought me another Christmas present standalone. But now you're buying me one present, and you're giving it a dual meaning, and I don't think that you're spending as much. And this is not about the money value, but it's about the commemoration. It almost felt like they were blowing off my birthday. Oh, yeah, we'll just get them something, and we'll just say it's for both. Now, if it was a great, I remember one year, uh, one of my aunts uh, bought me, uncle bought me a, uh, you know, a set of golf clubs. All right, that's a Christmas and birth. I'll take that one as being a Christmas and birthday present. You know, that I was like probably 11 or 12. That was a pretty nice present. I'll take that. That's, that's a double, okay, that's a birthday and Christmas present. Thank you. Yeah, I get that. You know, but don't buy me a Hot Wheels car and say, oh, that's your birthday and, um, and Christmas present. Don't buy me an alarm clock. Because as I said, if I was born in July, you would have bought me a nicer present, and then at Christmas you'd buy me another one. So I, if I don't feel crazy about my birthday, I might have my own hang-ups on it. Because you might be listening to this whole thing go, wow, Jim, you got, you know... Somebody did a, did, a, did a job on you. Wow, you're, you're way overthinking this. And maybe I, maybe I am. I overthink a lot of things. <laughs> That's why hopefully the podcast is interesting. <laughs> but, um, but I think that not only did I have this internal 
uh, debate within did I you know what, what's so big about my birthday? I didn't do anything. This philosophical uh, debate with myself, you know, and who knows where that is rooted in? I'm sure a psychiatrist would uh, would have a field day with me. I've never gone to therapy like that. I'm sure they'd have a field day with me. There'd probably be books written about it. <laughs> but um, but even though at a young age I was having this philosophical debate with myself about the importance of my birthday um i think i think i really you know came to that realization in my teens and early 20s um and so i've always been very embarrassed at the like even the birthday party scenario you know after the age of eight or nine i felt embarrassed when people would be singing happy birthday to me and you'd have the cake and everything, I was like, I just felt like I didn't deserve this because I didn't do anything for it. So I've had this internal debate about birthdays for a while, but while maybe the majority of it has been going on in my own head for whatever reason, some of that uh, kind of ambivalence toward my birthday may have also come from the outside world and the ambivalence that they showed. Oh, here's your combination present, and we got we're done with you. You know, we got we got a check mark on you. We 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 we've killed two birds with one stone on this one. So we don't need to go out and buy another present for you. We got we 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 bought you a Christmas present and we're gonna we're gonna say happy birthday and Merry Christmas on the card and um we're moving on. So maybe I I got a little of this ambivalence toward my birthday from that, from that, from that kind of combination present, which also had an effect on me like, well, wait a minute, I'm going to birthday parties throughout the year for my, you know, cousins or friends, and I'm seeing them getting presents for their birthday in April and June and August and October. I'm seeing them have these big parties and they're getting their presents then, and then you know, when Christmas comes, we're all talking about what did we get for Christmas? And they're telling me about that. And I feel like Charlie Brown sometimes. Well, what did you get for, for your birthday? Oh, I got this, 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 this. Okay, cool. And then, then you know, four months later comes, well, what did you get for Christmas? Blah, 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 blah. Wow. And Jim, what did you get? I got a rock. <laughs> I got a combination present. You know, okay. Now, once again, if it was a really kick-ass present that combined that that not i'm not even this is not about monetary please don't think that i'm being monetary that i'm counting the price tags i'm talking about this whole idea if birthdays are indeed this big deal that we're all excited about and we're celebrating the person then this is not about the price tag it's about this if, if 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 birthdays are supposed to be this appreciation and the celebration for another person's birth that we're happy you're here that we're celebrating the day you were birth you were born on I think that celebration and that meaning and that that emotion is separate from Christmas so it's not about the price tag. It's not about the size of the present. It's about, once again, if we're going to play this game about the commemoration and the celebration of the person on their birthday, then to me, it does 
deserve to be separate. Because that's a different emotion. That's a different celebration. So to combine it, I think you're diminishing the birthday. So I think you either get two presents. If you, if you want to say, look, I'm not going to see you on your birthday. So here's a birthday present individual and here's a Christmas present. Fine. At least you're, there's some division that is recognizing the difference between the birthday celebration and the motivations and the, and the, the um, and emotions about that as well as this universal holiday about somebody else's birthday when you think about it, right? I mean, I'm being lumped in. I mean, it's Jesus' birthday. I don't want to infringe on his birthday. We're supposed to be celebrating Jesus' birthday, right? That's what Christmas is about. I don't think he's all that happy sharing that birthday with me either. No, you're supposed to be separate. And, and, and unfortunately, once again, I'm not talking about the, the cost of the present. I'm talking about the motivation, the, symbol, the symbolism of the present, the celebration of the present, where I'm giving, and not only am I recognizing your day of birth, I want to give you something to make it special. So if you're combining it, I think you're diluting the specialness of both days. Jesus' birthday, the universal holiday, and a specific person's birthday like mine a couple of weeks after. So, uh, you know, I think there's some validity to this, folks. <laughs> so I, I beg you if, you, if you yourself or if you have a child that's born sometime soon after Christmas, do not... Lump them together. Or if you know somebody, somebody's child or somebody, you know, a nephew or a grandchild or whoever it is or a friend's kid and there's some, don't do the combination present because it's, I think you're, you're, you're diluting it. If you want to get into the specialness of the birthday celebration, then make that special. Don't tag it on to something else. So I think I'm a little ambivalent, not only for the whatever was going on in my own mind about birthdays, and I didn't really do much to deserve this, and blah, 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 that what I talked about before, but also I may have you know, developed this ambivalence toward my birthday because other people showed an ambivalence toward it. But if I was born in July, nobody's thinking of Christmas then. Hey, there's happy birthday to you. Here's your birthday present. There's no add-ons. There's no combinations. Here's your birthday present. When, when Christmas came, here's your Christmas present. It was individualized celebrations showing prominence and specialness for each one. Not for combinations. As I said, this is not about price tags. This is not about, oh, it's, this is about commemorating and, 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 and the event that you are supposedly happy about. It shouldn't be an obligation. It should be something you do because you're excited about it. I always got the sense when I would get the combination present that I fulfilled an obligation. 
from somebody. Oh, we got you a birthday and Christmas present. Boom, check mark, you're done. Let's move on. Maybe I'm being too tough on people. I don't know. But I think if you're going to get excited about... Now, I, I enjoy celebrating other people's birthdays. Partly because I, I saw what was happening with mine. So if you have a kid or anybody that you know, especially young kids, though, when you get to be adults, fine, but it's a little kid. If they're born a couple weeks before Christmas or a couple weeks after Christmas, separate those days, separate those celebrations, separate those motivations, celebrate, separate those feelings. And make each one of those special. Don't combine them. I was talking to somebody recently, and uh, her birthday was January 13th. And so I, once again, said, oh, you know, because this is so top of mind for me. And so I said, oh, oh, you're born on the 13th. Okay, well, you know, that's about five days after mine. But uh, that's, you know, now, you know, more than two and a half weeks after Christmas, I said, uh, did you used to get the combination birthday and Christmas present? You know, once again, that's top of the mind for me. I hear anybody born within the first couple, three weeks, two weeks of, of in January, and I immediately, the first question, I, I don't even say happy birthday. The first question I ask is, did you get a combination Christmas and birthday present? <laughs> Talk about childhood scars, right, folks? And so, uh, and she said something else. She said, no, I, I used to get, I used to get separate presents. Uh, she said, I think. And I'm like, oh, well, good for you. But then she also said, and, you know, if I didn't, I would always say, well, you know, you know, you should actually get me a bigger present because, you know, if you're shopping for my birthday, like you should, after Christmas, you shouldn't be buying my Christmas present or my birthday present at Christmas time. You should be buying it after Christmas. She's like, you know, there's a lot of half-off sales right after Christmas. So you could actually spend the same amount of money and I can get more presents for the same amount because everything's half-off. And I'm like, wow, I wish I would have thought about that. What a great angle. I'm telling you, when we're little kids, don't think little kids are stupid. They're thinking about all this stuff. She's saying at a young age, I would tell people, you know, there's a lot of half-off sales. I should be getting twice as many presents for the same amount. <laughs> this is the, Here's my best advice. And I know that you can't, you know, predict when you're going to have a baby, right? A lot of this is chance for the most part, right? I mean, you decide to have a baby, but when a woman gets pregnant, it, it could be immediately it could be months after it could be years after right so you never know but as a rule just as a rule don't don't even try to have a kid in march or april just don't now i know that spring you know is supposedly you know starts a young man's fancy and all this other bs but believe me, you will you will you will give your kid a much 
They won't have to go through these mind games that you're just hearing me go through, even at this age, right? (laughs) Spare your kids these internal and external debates about their birthday. Be celibate for March and April. Look to May. Look to June. Or look to January. Maybe February, but don't March and April stay away because you're going to be risking a late December or early January baby. If you have it in, if you get pregnant in late March or sometime in April, those it's, look, I'm not asking you to be celibate for that long. It's two months, maybe six weeks, but just, you know, abstain abstinence celibacy to be safe all of march and all of april you could do it eight weeks you, you know you you could do eight weeks count you can stand it on your head just refrain from march and april and if you're gonna do it in february go toward the first part of the month don't even get risky with the last half of february just get the first couple of weeks of Fe- january i'll give you February till Valentine's Day. Let's use Valentine's Day since it's Lover's Day. I'll give you Valentine's Day, and that's a cutoff. And then from Valentine's Day to April, you know, to, to, to May 1st, you know, everybody's doing intermittent fasting now, depriving, okay? There's, you know, about eight to ten weeks. You could do that because I'm telling you, those ten weeks there, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. I'm climbing the walls, you know, believe me. You are going to save your kid a lifetime of these psychological problems that I'm talking or issues that I'm talking about right now. I don't know if it's a problem, but though if you can be if you can be abstinent or intent for just those ten weeks from February fourteenth to May first, I guarantee you. That would be the greatest present you could give your child is for, for before they're even born is a birthday that does not fall in January or December. By May, nine months, they'll be born in February or late January. Right? June, July, August, September, October, November, December. January, February. February's fine. February's fine. February's far enough from Christmas. So I would say May 1st. In fact, now I'm thinking about it. Just to be safe, maybe you want to do May 15th. I know. that's You know what? It, it's a nice, even number. It's three months. Oh, now you say, Jim, geez, three months. I know. But, you know, you're making an important decision. So you can focus a little on this. But at the very least, Valentine's Day to May 1st. I say abstinence. So you could assure that that baby is not going to have a, I mean, mean, nothing is for sure, right? I mean, there could be premature things. I get that. I get, but I'm just saying, at least on paper, the effort was there. You were already, you were planning ahead. You know I told you. I love lists. I love planning. So let's look at it that way. 
You're you're you are going to be making one of the most important decisions of your life, right? As I talked to you about before, it's your day to parents. This was this will be or has been a life changing decision and experience for you. So don't be so devil may care about it. Plan well at the beginning so you can have a very successful result. I'm always about preparation. So I beg you, as somebody who has lived decades with a January 8th birthday and an ambivalence and and an internal debate and struggle, spare your child all that. Make sure they're born in February or March or April or May or June. Just make sure they're not born in late December or early January. That's all I ask. So to be safe, Valentine's Day to May 1st. Abstinence, celibacy, you'll be doing your child, you will be giving them a great gift. January 8th was, has always been fun to be a day to be born on because there have been some pretty uh, interesting and uh, noteworthy people born on my birthday. Elvis Presley, January 8th. David Bowie, January 8th. Stephen Hawking, January 8th. Robbie Krieger from The Doors, January 8th. A singer, Jenny Lewis, who I actually like pretty much. Uh, who else is on this list? Charles Osgood, who used to host, uh, used to be a reporter and used to be on the Sunday morning show on CBS, was born on um, January 8th. Here's one I recently learned about, just because of his prominence. Kim Jong-un is a, Cap- is a January 8th Capricorn. Now, about 20 years ago, uh, this I'm not a big fan, never was, but it was kind of cool and hip. Um, R. Kelly, born on January 8th. Not so, as, not so much uh, cool anymore as it used to be. <laughs> In fact, what was interesting, I went online, and when I was looking at I, I looked up you know celebrity birthdays on January 8th, and there's quite a few other people that I really don't even know. Oh, I shouldn't remember. Sure, Shirley Bassey is another one who was a big, much more of a singing star in England than she was here. She's actually Dame Shirley Bassey. Big deal in, in, in the UK. Um, but in the list of celebrities, and I looked on a couple of sites, R. Kelly not even mentioned. Interesting how his legal uh, and nefarious allegations and... Uh, and uh, in trouble with prison and, and things like this uh, over the last 10 years have really diminished, uh, you know, his his notoriety at all to the point where he was not even listed. And believe me, about 10, 15 years ago, when I would go on these lists, that's where I first discovered it, he was right up there with Elvis and David Bowie. And Stephen Hawking would be like, and R. Kelly, whoa, big deal. 2024, eh, not so much. 
<laughs> but Elvis is always a cool one. I remember growing up, Elvis, um, that was a great one, to be born on Elvis's birthday. And then I found out about David Bowie. So I had both, you know, a, 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 the king of rock and roll and then the, uh, you know, a, 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 the king of cool and hip rock and roll was David Bowie. So that was pretty. Then I found out later about Stephen Hawking. Not bad. You know, all he all he did was come up with some amazing theories on the birth of the universe. That's not bad. So sharing birthdays with with some of those people have been cool. As I've said, I always had I my parents were always very loving toward me and uh, as as a little kid I used to have birthday parties for my friends. I remember one year especially uh my birthday party was the talk of the school because one year on my birthday right around it I had a party for all my friends at the house mostly my neighborhood and school friends and uh, it, the weather was bad we couldn't go outside right it was cold it's january in chicago and so we had to stay in the house you went to a lot of kids birthday parties and you'd always go outside and play around right i mean that's what little kids do but it's freezing cold it's snowy or whatever and so we were kind of stuck in the house and so when you got a house full of kids and you know these are like you know seven or eight nine-year-old kids i mean they they're active they don't want to be sitting in the house so my dad bless his soul he came up he, he knew what drove kids especially at that age cold hard cash one of the toys i had was a was a bingo game it had my own little ball you'd roll this ball it had small little the bingo things and you twirled it around and it, it went into this little scoop and you played bingo so my dad like okay because, I mean, the kids are going to tear the house apart. Let's play bingo. And everybody's like, okay, bingo. My God, okay, first, first, uh, now you're little kids, eight, seven, eight, nine years old. Back then, you know what? My dad goes, okay, $5 a game. Holy cow. Five, you know what $5 was back then? Oh, my goodness. Everybody was silent. So they could hear the bingo, the bingo numbers called. That was a stroke of genius. You know what? For the we probably paid maybe five games. Right? It was twenty five bucks out of my dad's pocket. It was probably the best twenty five bucks he ever spent because not only did he did he captivate you know these fifteen kids or twenty kids whoever were there from destroying the house, but he was giving the winner $5, which for a little kid at that time, at that age, was like you were a millionaire. So everybody wanted to win. And my that birthday, that like, like say that birthday party, whatever day was like on Saturday, you know, on the next Monday at school, that's all anybody talked about. Was oh my god we had a we had bingo at Jimmy's party, and blah 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 one five and the five dollars and he won five dollars and he won five dollars oh my god it was that party went down in infamy at least you know for a couple of days. Jimmy Toronto's bingo birthday party. <laughs> nice job, Dad. He knew what drove kids. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Probably my most strong, my strongest kid. Although one year I remember it was for whatever reason it was nice out one time, 
And I remember we had a really great touch football game in the alley one year too. But the bingo, that was that was a stroke of genius, and that was a memorable one. On one of my birthdays, now what year was this? I'm trying to think. I was I don't think it was maybe when I was twenty two. No, I no. No, I no, I maybe it was my thirtieth birthday. It may have been my thirtieth birth no, it wasn't thirty either, was it? Uh, maybe 28, 29. Uh, let's see, 64. Uh, I don't know. It was around there. It was the late 80s. Uh, a friend of mine, as luck would have it, got tickets in Chicago in the, late eight, in the mid to late 80s. The most popular show was the Mike Ditka show on Channel 2 here, CBS station, because the Bears were the, all the rage from about 1984 till about Mike Ditka left in like what 92 I think so it was almost a 10 year run there Um, and the Mike Ditka show took on huge proportions it wound up being one of the highest rated shows every Sunday before the Bears game was produced here locally at Channel 2 it was the, the it was just a crowd of of just raging Bear fans especially at the height of Ditka's and the Bears popularity everybody was woofing coach we love you, coach, coach, coach. And so, you know, and that's where the, the famous uh, Bears uh, skit from uh, Saturday Night Live came from. One of the writers, Bob Smigel, was living in Chicago during that time and was observing the Mike Ditka show, and he brought that to Saturday Night Live, and it even related nationally because Ditka and the Bears were such a phenomenon even nationally. Um, for 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 several years, especially when they won the Super Bowl in January of '86, um, and Ditka was was like a folk hero for a good five six years. So that show to get, I mean, that was the hardest ticket to get in Chicago was because the studio was small. If you can get a ticket to the Mike Ditka show to be for the taping because they were recorded, wow! So my friend somehow got that and. The show was going to air on uh, no no the show the, the show was on my birthday, the taping was on my birthday, and so we went to the taping at Channel Two on my birthday uh, for the Mike Ditka show. And as luck would have it, where we sat, it was completely by random, but where we were sitting, we sat behind because it was they tried to jam as many people as they could, and we were sort of on the side. Or just behind Mike Ditka, and for the whole show of that show that was taped on January eighth, I don't know what day it aired. I don't know if I still have it on VHS somewhere. But I was right over Mike Ditka's shoulder, so every time, and that was pretty much the whole half hour show that they would do a close up of Ditka, I was over. Mike Ditka's shoulder, almost almost sitting. My face was almost sitting on his shoulder. And so that was a, a kind of a cool birthday present. It was my birthday. We were at the Ditka show, which was cool. And then when the show aired, and I could even see it in the monitors, I could see, oh, my God, I'm on Ditka's shoulder. And so that was a pretty memorable birthday. Complete random, but it turned out to be a very memorable uh, you know, birthday to see, uh, to be go to the Ditka show and then be on for a half hour pretty much over his shoulder. It was pretty funny. Uh, and and you, I, I, I wish they would replay 
some of those old Ditka shows. Oh, my gosh. The fan. If you think Bear fans are rabid now, you don't even know what Bear mania was in this city from 84 when they started to get good until obviously the Super Bowl season and then and then two or three years, four years after that, and then they started to fade and then Ditka was fired. But the Mike Ditka show in its prime and say 86, 85, 86, 87, even 88, they were still, you know, contenders. Oh my God. Every Sunday, the bear, everybody would have their bear hats and their everything. And it was just a, it was a half hour love fest. Coach, you are the greatest thing. Coach, coach. As I said, that's where Smigel came up with the idea of, you know, if Ditka, uh, was a uh, you know if you remember the, 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 they they were the, they were the super fans that's where he got it from coach that's all they said it was so funny but yeah I remember uh, going to that Mike Ditka show uh, very cool and then for my thirtieth birthday one of the best presents I ever got was uh, from my wife and uh, it wasn't the Bally's. Captain Fantastic Arcade Pinball Machine. Oh, still have it. One of the prize possessions of my Elton collection. And that was a birthday present when I was 30. So that was really one of the best, uh, you know, birthday presents that, uh, that I will always remember is the um, Captain Fantastic Elton John Pinball Machine. And then I remember a lot of birthdays with some really good friends of mine and former co-workers of mine um, because uh, for about 10 years I worked in public relations and I would always, and we were in the technology world, and I, um, I would have to attend, on my birthday, I would have to attend the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas for work. And it's always the first week after Christmas or after New Year's. And so for many of the actual birthdays, I was in Las Vegas for my birthday, and so I would go out with coworkers, and we would always go out on my actual birthday since we were in Vegas, and we had some really great, memorable meals. We would always there for a while there. There was a Spago uh, in uh, in Caesar's Palace, in the near the Forum shops, and we would go to Spago because there wasn't a Spago here in Chicago yet. And uh, we would always go to Spago and have the the famous Wolfgang pucks. Uh, dinners on my birthday so i always remember that as um you know kind of a of a cool uh you know birthday um birthday present too so um and i'm sure that i've had other ones uh special days special gifts that have uh, uh, always been uh, memorable things i get a lot of, i've in the past i used to get a lot of you know santas for my birthday you know, I love Santas. I would get some cool Santas. But, yeah, I'll never forget, um, you know, the uh, the Captain Fantastic pinball machine. And I still have, um, for my birthdays and the birthday parties that my mom would have, uh, you know, for our, our family uh, parties, my mom had a candle that went up to 21. And the whole idea, it's the, there was a zero at the top and the 21 was at the bottom. And you burned the the candle until the year for that year. And I think I must have stopped having family parties where my mom burned the candle. 
at like 16 or 17 because I have I still have the stump and like at each each year there would be different uh events you know like when you were uh you know uh you know 18 there'd be a diploma you know and things like that you know of like you know events of your life next to that on this candle and and once again, my mom was a pack rat, and thank God, because she saved so many of these little things like that. And um, I still have the stump because we didn't we didn't didn't have birthday parties, I guess, up through twenty one or so. So I still have a few years that didn't get burned, and I'm so glad we didn't burn the candle all the way because it's a great memory now on my birthday to have that little stump of the candle. And the funny thing is, this is goes to show you the way uh, culture has changed. At the 21, which was like the last one, there was a wedding ring. They expected you to get married at that time. They expected you to be married by 21. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, times have changed. No question about that. So here we are on January 8th. Um, I certainly do have a lot of special memories of my birthday. But I always will have this kind of push and pull about it as well. As I get older now, um, oh, do you want a birthday? You know, I didn't really have a 50th birthday party, you know, and things like that. My view is uh, I will celebrate. I will have a blowout birthday. I will celebrate my 80th birthday. Because I believe that that one is pretty significant. I think if you live to be eighty, I think that's a, a pretty that's a that's a that's a that's a good run. Hopefully, I'll, I'll have good health and hopefully I'll make it there and beyond. But I I'm I, I'm planning for my eightieth birthday party. I think I'll have a nice birthday party for that. When I'm looking at at the ones coming up that might be of significance moving forward. Oh, you want to have a birthday party when you're 60 or when you're 65 or 70 or something? You know what? In my view, those are necessary numbers to get to 80. So, yes, I'll commemorate. I certainly will thank people for their birthday wishes. I'll certainly accept the presents. <laughs> you hear that, Reggie? But, uh, <laughs> But you know what? I'm still, I guess I'm just... You know, I'm still like accomplishment oriented. Maybe I don't know why that's ingrained in me, but I I, I looked at you know forty. I, there wasn't a I didn't have a big deal party for forty, and I didn't have a big part. I mean, I would have to say on my fiftieth birthday, I will always remember my fiftieth birthday because for my fiftieth birthday, I was exactly where I wanted to be. There's not many times in your life that you could say. Are you exactly where you want to be at this moment? And I've been fortunate where there's been several of those occasions. And my 50th birthday was one of those. Because on my 50th birthday, I was working at WGN full-time in the afternoon on the afternoon drive show with Gary Meyer. And I was sitting, and I was born at 310 in the afternoon on January 8th. And on my 50th birthday, I remember, I've got a picture of it somewhere. We had a, there's a, there, in the old studio, there was a, a little uh, digital clock 
and it would say the date and the time. And at three, we our show used to start at three o'clock, but there was always commercials and news, so we really didn't even go on until about three ten or three eleven. And I waited until three ten, and I took a picture of the studio clock on January eighth, on my fiftieth birthday, at three ten, and. If you'd have asked me when I was a little kid, especially I, I've, I've wanted to be on the radio. That was that really been my main goal my whole life. And I've been lucky enough to have achieved it to some extent. I would have loved that my radio career lasted longer and more regular. Um, but at least I got a chance to taste it for about five years um, on a major station like WGN. But if you would have asked me when I was 12, where would you want to be when you're 50? I would have said, I want to be working at a radio station, on a major radio station, on a major show. And sure enough, when I was 50, at the moment, at the same time that I was born, I was doing that exact thing. And I'll never forget how I was kind of smiling inside to say, boy, this is exactly where I wanted to be when I was 50. So, you know. Uh, that's always a great memory as well. Whenever your birthday is, celebrate it, no question. But don't forget those parents because they deserve to be celebrated too. I've been having fun here reminiscing on January 8th, my birthday, and I'm glad you could join me. But don't worry about the present. And don't worry about singing happy birthday. I'm fine. But to end the show, I'll just blow out the candles. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 398. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of my mind to your ears. Happy birthday to me.